Section one of Twilight in Italy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Twilight in Italy by D. H. Lawrence. The Crucifix Across the Mountains. The imperial road to Italy goes from Munich across the Tyrol, through Innsbruck and Bozen to Verona, over the mountains. Here the great processions passed as the emperors went south or came home again from rosy italy to their own germany and how much has that old imperial vanity clung to the german soul did not the german kings inherit the empire of bygone rome it was not a very real empire perhaps but the sound was high and splendid maybe a certain grotenwahn is inherent in the german nature if only nations would realize that they have certain natural characteristics if only they could understand and agree to each other's particular nature how much simpler it would all be the imperial procession no longer crosses the mountains going south that is almost forgotten the road has almost passed out of mind but still it is there and its signs are standing the crucifixes are there not mere attributes of the road yet still having something to do with it the imperial processions blessed by the pope and accompanied by the great bishops must have planted the holy idol like a new plant among the mountains there where it multiplied and grew according to the soil and the race that received it as one goes among the bavarian uplands and foothills soon one realizes here is another land a strange religion it is a strange country remote out of contact perhaps it belongs to the forgotten imperial processions coming along the clear open roads that lead to the mountains one scarcely notices the crucifixes and the shrines perhaps one's interest is dead the crucifix itself is nothing a factory-made piece of sentimentalism the soul ignores it but gradually one after another looming shadowily under their hoods the crucifixes seem to create a new atmosphere over the whole of the countryside a darkness a weight in the air that is so unnaturally bright and rare with the reflection from the snows above a darkness hovering just over the earth so rare and unearthly the light is from the mountains full of strange radiance then every now and again recurs the crucifix at the turning of an open grassy road holding a shadow and a mystery under its pointed hood i was startled into consciousness one evening going alone over a marshy place at the foot of the mountains when the sky was pale and unearthly invisible and the hills were nearly black at a meeting of the tracks was a crucifix and between the feet of the christ a handful of withered poppies it was the poppies i saw then the christ it was an old shrine the wood sculpture of a bavarian peasant the christ was a peasant of the foot of the alps he had broad cheekbones and sturdy limbs his plain rudimentary face stared fixedly at the hills his neck was stiffened as if in resistance to the fact of the nails and the cross which he could not escape it was a man nailed down in spirit but set stubbornly against the bondage and the disgrace he was a man of middle age plain crude with some of the meanness of the peasant but also with a kind of dogged nobility that does not yield its soul to the circumstance plain almost blank in his soul the middle-aged peasant of the crucifix resisted unmoving the misery of his position he did not yield his soul was set his will was fixed he was himself let his circumstances be what they would his life fixed down across the marsh was a tiny square of orange-coloured light from the farmhouse with the low spreading roof i remembered how the man and his wife and the children worked on till dark 
silent and intent carrying the hay in their arms out of the streaming thunder rain into the shed working silent in the soaking rain the body bent forward towards the earth closing round on itself the arms clasped full of hay clasped round the hay that presses soft and close to the breast and the body that pricks heat into the arms and the skin of the breast and fills the lungs with the sleepy scent of dried herbs the rain that falls heavily and wets the shoulders so that the shirt clings to the hot firm skin and the rain comes with heavy pleasant coldness on the active flesh running in a trickle down towards the loins secretly this is the peasant this hot welter of physical sensation and it is all intoxicating it is intoxicating almost like a soporific like a sensuous drug to gather the burden to one's body in the rain to stumble across the living grass to the shed to relieve one's arms of the weight to throw down the hay onto the heap to feel light and free in the dry shed then to return again into the chill hard rain to stoop again under the rain and rise to return again with the burden it is this this endless heat and rousedness of physical sensation which keeps the body full and potent and flushes the mind with a blood heat a blood sleep and this sleep this heat of physical experience becomes at length a bondage at last a crucifixion it is the life and the fulfillment of the peasant this flow of sensuous experience but at last it drives him almost mad because he cannot escape for overhead there is always the strange radiance of the mountains there is the mystery of the icy river rushing through its pink shoals into the darkness of the pine woods there is always the faint tang of ice on the air and the rush of hoarse sounding water and the ice and the upper radiance of snow are brilliant with timeless immunity from the flux and the warmth of life overhead they transcend all life all the soft moist fire of the blood so that a man must needs live under the radiance of his own negation there is a strange clear beauty of form about the men of the bavarian highlands about both men and women they are large and clear and handsome in form with blue eyes very keen the pupil small tightened the iris keen like sharp light shining on blue ice their large full moulded limbs and erect bodies are distinct separate as if they were perfectly chiselled out of the stuff of life static cut off where they are everything is set back as in a clear frosty air their beauty is almost this this strange clean-cut isolation as if each one of them would isolate himself still further and forever from the rest of his fellows yet they are convivial they are almost the only race with the souls of artists still they act the mystery plays with instinctive fullness of interpretation they sing strangely in the mountain fields they love make-belief and mummery their processions and religious festivals are profoundly impressive solemn and rapt it is a race that moves on the poles of mystic sensual delight every gesture is a gesture from the blood every expression is a symbolic utterance for learning there is sensuous experience for thought there is myth and drama and dancing and singing everything is of the blood of the senses there is no mind the mind is a suffusion of physical heat it is not separated it is kept submerged at the same time always overhead there is the eternal negative radiance of the snows beneath is life the hot jet of blood playing elaborately but above is the radiance of changeless not being and life passes away into this changeless radiance 
summer and the prolific blue and white flowering of the earth goes by with the labor and the ecstasy of man disappears and is gone into brilliance that hovers overhead the radiant cold which waits to receive back again all that which has passed for the moment into being the issue is too much revealed it leaves the peasant no choice the fate gleams transcendent above him the brightness of eternal unthinkable not being and this our life this admixture of labor and of warm experience in the flesh all the time it is steaming up to the changeless brilliance above the light of the everlasting snows this is the eternal issue whether it is singing or dancing or play-acting or physical transport of love or vengeance or cruelty or whether it is work or sorrow or religion the issue is always the same at last into the radiant negation of eternity hence the beauty and completeness the finality of the highland peasant his figure his limbs his face his motion it is all formed in beauty and it is all completed there is no flux nor hope nor becoming all is once and for all the issue is eternal timeless and changeless all being and all passing away is part of the issue which is eternal and changeless therefore there is no becoming and no passing away everything is now and forever hence the strange beauty and finality and isolation of the bavarian peasant it is plain in the crucifixes here is the essence rendered in sculpture of wood the face is blank and stiff almost expressionless one realizes with a start how unchanging and conventionalized is the face of the living man and woman of these parts handsome but motionless as pure form there is also an underlying meanness secretive cruel it is all part of the beauty the pure plastic beauty the body also of the christus is stiff and conventionalized yet curiously beautiful in proportion and in the static tension which makes it unified into one clear thing there is no movement no possible movement the being is fixed finally the whole body is locked in one knowledge beautiful complete it is one with the nails not that it is languishing or dead it is stubborn knowing its own undeniable being sure of the absolute reality of the sensuous experience though he is nailed down upon an irrevocable fate yet within that fate he has the power and the delight of all sensuous experience so he accepts the fate and the mystic delight of the senses with one will he is complete and final his sensuous experience is supreme a consummation of life and death at once it is the same at all times whether it is moving with the scythe on the hill slopes or hewing the timber or steering the raft down the river which is all effervescent with ice whether it is drinking in the gasthaus or making love or playing some mummer's part or hating steadily and cruelly or whether it is kneeling in spellbound subjection in the incense-filled church or walking in the strange dark subject procession to bless the fields or cutting the young birch trees for the feast of fruen leichnam it is always the same the dark powerful mystic sensuous experience is the whole of him he is mindless and bound within the absoluteness of the issue the unchangeability of the great icy not being which holds good forever and is supreme passing further away towards austria travelling up the isar till the stream becomes smaller and whiter and the air is colder the full glamour of the northern hills which are so marvellously luminous and gleaming with flowers wanes and gives way to a darkness a sense of ominousness up there i saw another little christ who seemed the very soul of the place 
the road went beside the river that was seething with snowy ice bubbles under the rocks and the high wolf-like pine trees between the pinkish shoals the air was cold and hard and high everything was cold and separate and in a little glass case beside the road sat a small hewn christ the head resting on the hand and he meditates half wearily doggedly the eyebrows lifted in strange abstraction the elbow resting on the knee detached he sits and dreams and broods wearing his little golden crown of thorns and his little cloak of red flannel that some peasant woman has stitched for him no doubt he still sits there the small blank-faced christ in the cloak of red flannel dreaming brooding enduring persisting there is wistfulness about him as if he knew that the whole of things was too much for him there was no solution either in death death did not give the answer to the soul's anxiety that which is is it does not cease to be when it is cut death cannot create nor destroy what is is the little brooding christ knows this what is he brooding then his static patience and endurance is wistful what is it that he secretly yearns for amid all the placidity of fate to be or not to be this may be the question but it is not a question for death to answer it is not a question of living or not living it is a question of being to be or not to be to persist or not to persist that is not the question neither is it to endure or not to endure the issue is it eternal not being if not what then is being for overhead the eternal radiance of the snow gleams unfailing it receives the efflorescence of all life and is unchanged the issue is bright and immortal the snowy not being what then is being as one draws nearer to the turning point of the alps towards the culmination and the southern slope the influence of the educated world is felt once more bavaria is remote in spirit as yet unattached its crucifixes are old and grey and abstract small like the kernel of the truth further into austria they become new they are painted white they are larger more obtrusive they are the expressions of a later newer phase more introspective and self-conscious but still they are genuine expressions of the people's soul often one can distinguish the work of a particular artist here and there in a district in the zem valley in the heart of the tyrol behind innsbruck there are five or six crucifixes by one sculptor he is no longer a peasant working out an idea conveying a dogma he is an artist trained and conscious probably working in vienna he is consciously trying to convey a feeling he is no longer striving awkwardly to render a truth a religious fact the chief of his crucifixes stands deep in the clum in the dank gorge where it is always half night the road runs under the rock and the trees halfway up the one side of the pass below the stream rushes ceaselessly embroiled among great stones making an endless loud noise the rock face opposite rises high overhead with the sky far up so that one is walking in a half night an underworld and just below the path where the pack horses go climbing to the remote infolded villages in the cold gloom of the pass hangs the large pale christ he is larger than life-size he has fallen forward just dead and the weight of the full-grown mature body hangs on the nails of the hands so the dead heavy body drops forward sags as if it would tear away and fall under its own weight 
it is the end the face is barren with a dead expression of weariness and brutalized with pain and bitterness the rather ugly passionate mouth is set forever in the disillusionment of death death is the complete disillusionment set like a seal over the whole body and being over the suffering and weariness and the bodily passion the pass is gloomy and damp the water roars unceasingly till it is almost like a constant pain the driver of the pack-horses as he comes up the narrow path in the side of the gorge cringes his sturdy cheerfulness as if to obliterate himself drawing near to the large pale christ and he takes his hat off as he passes though he does not look up but keeps his face averted from the crucifix he hurries by in the gloom climbing the steep path after his horses and the large white christ hangs extended above the driver of the pack-horses is afraid the fear is always there in him in spite of his sturdy healthy robustness his soul is not sturdy it is blenched and whitened with fear the mountains are dark overhead the water roars in the gloom below his heart is ground between the millstones of dread when he passes the extended body of the dead christ he takes off his hat to the lord of death christ is the deathly one he is death incarnate and the driver of the pack horses acknowledges this deathly christ as supreme lord the mountain peasant seems grounded upon fear the fear of death of physical death beyond this he knows nothing his supreme sensation is in physical pain and in its culmination his great climax his consummation is death therefore he worships it bows down before it and is fascinated by it all the while it is his fulfilment death and his approach to fulfilment is through physical pain and so these monuments to physical death are found everywhere in the valleys by the same hand that carved the big christ a little further on at the end of a bridge was another crucifix a small one this christ had a fair beard and was thin and his body was hanging almost lightly whereas the other christ was large and dark and handsome but in this as well as in the other was the same neutral triumph of death complete negative death so complete as to be abstract beyond cynicism in its completeness of leaving off everywhere is the same obsession with the fact of physical pain accident and sudden death wherever a misfortune has befallen a man there is nailed up a little memorial of the event in propitiation of the god of hurt and death a man is standing up to his waist in water drowning in full stream his arms in the air the little painting in its wooden frame is nailed to the tree the spot is sacred to the accident again another little crude picture fastened to a rock a tree falling on a man's leg smashes it like a stalk while the blood flies up always there is the strange ejaculation of anguish and fear perpetuated in the little paintings nailed up in the place of the disaster this is the worship then the worship of death and the approaches to death physical violence and pain there is something crude and sinister about it almost like depravity a form of reverting turning back along the course of blood by which we have come turning the ridge on the great road to the south the imperial road to rome a decisive change takes place the christs have been taking on various different characters all of them more or less realistically conveyed one christus is very elegant combed and brushed and foppish on his cross as gabriele d'annunzio's son posing as a martyred saint the martyrdom of this christ is according to the most polite convention 
the elegance is very important and very austrian one might almost imagine the young man had taken up this striking and original position to create a delightful sensation among the ladies it is quite in the viennese spirit there is something brave and keen in it too the individual pride of body triumphs over every difficulty in the situation the pride and satisfaction in the clean elegant form the perfectly trimmed hair the exquisite bearing are more important than the fact of death or pain this may be foolish it is at the same time admirable but the tendency of the crucifix as it nears the ridge to the south is to become weak and sentimental the carved christs turn up their faces and roll back their eyes very piteously in the approved guido reni fashion they are overdoing the pathetic turn they are looking to heaven and thinking about themselves in self-commiseration others again are beautiful as elegies it is dead hyacinth lifted and extended to view in all his beautiful dead youth the young male body droops forward on the cross like a dead flower it looks as if its only true nature were to be dead how lovely is death how poignant real satisfying it is the true elegiac spirit then there are the ordinary factory-made christs which are not very significant they are as null as the christs we see represented in england just vulgar nothingness but these figures have gashes of red a red paint of blood which is sensational beyond the brenner i have only seen vulgar or sensational crucifixes there are great gashes on the breast and the knees of the christ figure and the scarlet flows out and trickles down till the crucified body has become a ghastly striped thing of red and white just a sickly thing of striped red they paint the rocks at the corners of the tracks among the mountains a blue and white ring for the road to ginsling a red smear for the way to st jacob so one follows the blue and white ring or the three stripes of blue and white or the red smear as the case may be and the red on the rocks the dabs of red paint are of just the same colour as the red upon the crucifixes so that the red upon the crucifixes is paint and the signs on the rocks are sensational like blood i remember the little brooding christ of the isar in his little cloak of red flannel and his crown of gilded thorns and he remains real and dear to me among all this violence of representation couvre-toi de gloire tartarin couvre-toi de flanelle why should it please me so that his cloak is of red flannel in a valley near st jacob just over the ridge a long way from the railway there is a very big important shrine by the roadside it is a chapel built in the baroque manner florid pink and cream outside with opulent small arches and inside is the most startling sensational christus i have ever seen he is a big powerful man seated after the crucifixion perhaps after the resurrection sitting by the grave he sits sideways as if the extremity were over finished the agitation done with only the result of the experience remaining there is some blood on his powerful naked defeated body that sits rather hulked but it is the face which is so terrifying it is slightly turned over the hulked crucified shoulder to look and the look of this face of which the body has been killed is beyond all expectation horrible the eyes look at one yet have no seeing in them they seem to see only their own blood for they are bloodshot till the whites are scarlet the iris is purpled these red bloody eyes with their stained pupils glancing awfully at all who enter the shrine looking as if to see through the blood of the late brutal death are terrible 
the naked strong body has known death and sits in utter dejection finished hulked a weight of shame and what remains of life is in the face whose expression is sinister and gruesome like that of an unrelenting criminal violated by torture the criminal look of misery and hatred on the fixed violated face and in the bloodshot eyes is almost impossible he is conquered beaten broken his body is a mass of torture an unthinkable shame yet his will remains obstinate and ugly integral with utter hatred it is a great shock to find this figure sitting in a handsome baroque pink-washed shrine in one of those alpine valleys which to our thinking are all flowers and romance like the picture in the tate gallery spring in the austrian tyrol is to our minds a vision of pristine loveliness it contains also this christ of the heavy body defiled by torture and death the strong virile life overcome by physical violence the eyes still looking back bloodshot in consummate hate and misery the shrine was well kept and evidently much used it was hung with ex voto limbs and with many gifts it was a centre of worship of a sort of almost obscene worship afterwards the black pine trees and the river of that valley seemed unclean as if an unclean spirit lived there the very flowers seemed unnatural and the white gleam on the mountain tops was a glisten of supreme cynical horror after this in the populous valleys all the crucifixes were more or less tainted and vulgar only high up where the crucifix becomes smaller and smaller is there left any of the old beauty and religion higher and higher the monument becomes smaller and smaller till in the snows it stands out like a post or a thick arrow stuck barb upwards the crucifix itself is a small thing under the pointed hood the barb of the arrow the snow blows under the tiny shed upon the little exposed christ all round is the solid whiteness of snow the awful curves and concaves of pure whiteness of the mountain top the hollow whiteness between the peaks where the path crosses the high extreme ridge of the pass and here stands the last crucifix half buried small and tufted with snow the guides tramp slowly heavily past not observing the presence of the symbol making no salute further down every mountain peasant lifted his hat but the guide tramps by without concern his is a professional importance now on a small mountain track on the Jaufen, not far from meran was a fallen christus i was hurrying downhill to escape from an icy wind which almost took away my consciousness and i was looking up at the gleaming unchanging snow peaks all round they seemed like blades immortal in the sky so i almost ran into a very old martha tafel it leaned on the cold stony hillside surrounded by the white peaks in the upper air the wooden hood was silver grey with age and covered on the top with a thicket of lichen which stuck up in hoary tufts but on the rock at the foot of the post was the fallen christ armless who had tumbled down and lay in an unnatural posture the naked ancient wooden sculpture of the body on the naked living rock it was one of the old uncouth christs hewn out of bare wood having the long wedge-shaped limbs and thin flat legs that are significant of the true spirit the desire to convey a religious truth not a sensational experience the arms of the fallen christ had broken off at the shoulders and they hung on their nails as ex voto limbs hang in the shrines but these arms dangled from the palms one at each end of the cross the muscles carved sparely in the old wood looking all wrong upside down and the icy wind blew them backwards and forwards so that they gave a painful impression there in the stark sterile place of rock and cold 
yet i dared not touch the fallen body of the christ that lay on its back in so grotesque a posture at the foot of the post i wondered who would come and take the broken thing away and for what purpose end of section one